Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The worst thing there'll be is like 2005 threadworm medication for kids. That'll be the worst <laughs> thing that's on there. Oh, I need a laugh, there's a help talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find in the town stories. Can somebody yell out the name of the show, please? It's my mate, Welcome along. It's another episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Uh, Tom Pracy with you, as ever. And uh, I'm sitting with the Reverend Kate Botley's laptop on my <laughs> lap, which means that, because I'm not a thief, Kate's also in the room with me, and she is my guest today. Hello. Hello. It feels a bit confessional. It already does, doesn't <laughs> it? You are, it's, we're in a dark room in the basement here at Gramercy Park Studios in central London, and we are about... <laughs> We're about to get some truth. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Excellent start. That is your, that's the sort of <laughs> religious caveat, isn't it? Once you've done the caveat, you can say anything. Um, so here's what we're going to do, Kate. I've got your laptop. I've got your Amazon account. And okay. We're just, so I'm going to go to the first thing you ever bought. All right. So this is in 2000. Okay. This is in the year 2000. This is 22 years ago. Almost, almost to the day. No, it's almost to the day. In November 2000. I'm, I'm utterly terrified about what, about what you were about to say. It's not, it's fine. Is it okay? Yeah. I mean, it's classic Amazon territory, early doors. This is the sort of thing people are always buying. It's a history of Britain oh, by Simon oh, Sharma. Oh, I obviously bought that as a present for someone, I right. think. It's, I think that no. was a Christmas present. I think that was, Graham's mum had said, I I, I really like that series. I think the series was on at the time. And he I, was I, huge back then, I think Simon I, Sharma. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's he, has he been cancelled yet? I don't probably know. Probably has, hasn't he? Oh, he might have said something at the moment. I think he's Gosh, probably this, said something. This is increasingly becoming a theme on the have show. Said. <laughs> this is so weird because a couple of weeks ago, someone started with, uh, it was it Lou Conrad started with Woody Allen and J.K. Rowling. Oh, and I was like, oh no. yeah, I've got some J.K. Rowling in there as oh, well. Oh, well, I know. Let's just, we'll just absolutely <laughs> swerve all contention on this podcast, guys. This is a contention free zone. Um, but interesting that, you, you know, that was a huge. Book. It's one of those books, and I don't know if this happens in the same way anymore. That you just saw everywhere. Like yeah. Everyone. Ha- I see the image. It's three big stones coming out of the beach. Someone listening will be like, "Yeah, you should know what that is. It's on some famous beach somewhere." Um, but it feels like um, one of those sort of. I don't know. In Britain, we're obsessed with our history. Because at the moment you said it, yeah. I I visualised that front cover really clearly. Yeah. So even if I did buy it for someone else, I'm sure I've got a copy of it on my shelf as well. Yeah. And it's that it. You know, someone who who is sort of grounded and rooted in religion, history goes absolutely through all that, you know, and the story of our our islands and the story of how faith came here and all those kind of like the evolution of faith. And I always think that um, the faith of Britain is a bit like um, it's a bit like our housing. 
mm-hmm. you know, that we we have these kind of old houses, but then someone puts a conservatory on it and then someone puts a, a, a kitchen extension on it and then someone puts a new roof on it. And that's what religion's like in this country. Yes. Is that when, you know, people go, oh, well, I, I, I prefer the old religions of paganism. And someone, was, someone said to me recently, um, you know so much of Christianity is pagan, don't you? And I said, darling, if we got rid of all the paganism and Christianity, there would be very little left. It's often used as a sort of um, atheist's trump card. <laughs> yeah. I think, to be honest, I've probably used it myself. I'm going, oh, well, actually, Christmas and the idea of right. worshipping it's a child. It's Saturnalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yes, we know. <laughs> this is not a surprise to us. Oh, the goddess Easter is where Easter comes from. You're like, yes, we know. Um, it's like it's like um, fools on social media that like to argue religion. I was reading I was reading one the other day that was arguing with the Pope about theology because they you know read the Bible once. And you kind of think, you know, if if we stripped back all these, we sort of know that it's layer upon layer, right? We mm. know that it is like an archae- archaeological dig. Yeah. That when it comes to faith, there's just layer upon layer upon layer that gets getting added. Um, but there's something about humans that needs spirituality, that needs something bigger than themselves, you yes. know. Yes. Um, but that's also, I would say, that, that ties into uh, the history. If you if you wanted to look at it that way, obviously you can put a religious read on history and seeing our heritage. Oh, absolutely. But equally, what I find interesting about history is the comfort of it and the way that people sort of look back on it and go, I don't want to argue, I just want the facts. And I think that religion has uh, is in a place where people will go, yeah, I want to argue about that. And it's like, why can't we take a pause and just the the history of religion is fascinating and absolutely the way- fascinating and and that's what the the Sharma book and the series was all about so it explored things like sacred sites um you know places of value in in, in our nation and um yeah just the beautiful stories and it made me want to go to those places right yeah those kind of books just make you want to go oh i want to go and see that yes i want to go and touch it and smell it and be there and do what tell me what that feeling is like then say you should go to a sacred site say for you and i don't know where that might be in the uk but somewhere what is the feeling like because i often go to places like oh gosh went to whitby abbey in the summer right absolutely incredible right and i'm, I'm looking at it it's beautiful up on the cliff yeah, yeah. and it's incredible and and i'm sort of obviously i'm tuning into heavy goth uh, sort of dracula vibes amazing but also Smashing. it's a spectacular building and I used to have this I grew up near Tintin Abbey right and yeah. I'd go there and I'd always try and feel something and I could never feel anything No, and I think that manufacturing that sort of stuff I mean I'm I'm most of the time I'm as spiritual as dishwater to be honest with you <laughs> I sometimes <laughs> honestly you do you do have to manufacture it yourself if you think that every time a priest stands behind a communion table and does the magic hands over the bread and the wine we feel incre- incredibly spiritual we don't you know sometimes you just have to pull it out of the bag <laughs> you're just thinking actually what am I doing for tea oh um, you know where have I parked the car you know it, yeah. it, it's, you, we don't live those of us who are religious don't live our lives especially those of us who are professionally religious like I am yeah. we don't live our lives on some sort of zen plane where we sort of float along in a holy you're not kind a floater of... <laughs> I thought you were a floater but I have always it's the cassocks I've always thought there is something otherworldly about uh, people who have faith and especially professionally uh, who have faith and I remember my brother's best friend at school was the, our local vicar yeah yeah James Coots what, what a guy he was the most gorgeous gorgeous man in the world and I would go uh, round to his house when I was a kid and I'd be like is he praying is he just like, you know, you just assume, and you don't say that if someone who works in IT, are they up in their room, you know, uh, you know fixing the hard drive? You're just having a little sleep on a train and people go, oh, she's ever so holy, she prays all the time. <laughs> um, and, but you've, you're constantly brought back down to earth in my job. You know, you, you yeah. I think people like to think we have this kind of spiritual aura around us. And that'd be very nice if I did, but... Um, it, 
you know, so for example, you're going to visit a home uh, where someone's died and you're going to see the family and, you know, they, they offer you the only seat that's there and it's the commode and you sit down and it sloshes as you sit down. And all of a sudden that spiritual aura that you kind of try and pretend that you've got, you really haven't, and it doesn't work like that. It's very practical most of the time. True story. What an image. What an image. <laughs> I think that's uh, Kate's way of saying she doesn't want to sit on the commode in the studio. Fine. You can sit on the sofa instead. Fine. But I will need the commode halfway through. My December 2000, uh, this tells me a lot about you. Unless it's a present, again, 100 classic cocktails. Drink recipes for all occasions. Yes. No, that was for me. And was it December? Yeah. Well, you know what I was doing there, right? Yeah. I was I was getting ready for Christmas. I was like, right, okay, how am I going to get through 17 million carol services? How am I going to sing away in a manger again with integrity? <laughs> you know, it's Victorian nonsense. So, but hang on, if it's 2000, what what stage were you at as a, as a vicar in 2000? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't oh. ordained. So no, I wasn't ordained, was I? Because I got ordained in 2008, 2009. So this is eight years. We didn't even have kids then. Right. Oh, my goodness. This is so weird. Right, so come on. Let's Simon Sharma this. What are we looking at here? What sacred spot for Kate Botley are we looking at here? 2000, I mm. bought co- a book of cocktail recipes. Yeah. I'm guessing I just, I was, it was just Christmas. But what were you What were you doing in your life? Where were you? pre? When did you get the calling? Were you just working in an office? What Do you know happening? what the thing is as well there is I would have been six weeks pregnant there. Right. So why am I buying cocktail recipes when I can't drink them? <laughs> <laughs> obviously wishful thinking. It's obviously like, because oh, Ruby was born in August 2001. Named so, after a cocktail, presumably. presumably. She was either that or Manhattan. <laughs> Maraschino cherries. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I was I was six weeks pregnant, six, six, eight weeks pregnant there. Um, so we were just about to announce it to family and stuff that Christmas that I was... That I was expecting a baby. I love it. Well, but of course you can still. I mean, let's let's assume you were. Uh, you know, you're now what? She's now 21, 22, 21. right? That's oh, mad, goodness. right? Oh my goodness! So this Amazon history thing predates kids yes. for me. That's yes. so weird. I know that is going. We're going to the dark ages, lit by the light not of God but of cocktails. <laughs> oh, that's that's what we've got. But um, I do. I I am familiar with the cocktail thing. My wife's a big cocktail drinker. Um, because. It's quite a neat hit of alcohol, and then you can chill. Rather than having wine over the whole evening, she will often hit a cocktail first up. I love a cocktail. And then she won't drink so much for the rest of the night. I have very little self-control when it tastes like Vimto. You know, because it's that thing, isn't it? If cocktails is like, you can kid yourself that it's just fizzy pop. And then you try and stand up and your legs don't work. I just love it. And I increasingly like... I think the older I get, you know, they talk about refined taste as you get older, and I'm 47 now, and I sort of get to the point where you didn't gasp hard enough there. Can we do that again? <laughs> sorry. Should I try again? Yeah, I'm really 47, sorry. I've got a 21-year-old. <gasps> I know, right? It's unbelievable. Whoa. It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and oil of you, lad. That's what does it. Um, She's preserved. She's pickled in her own cocktails. That's in my own is. juice. <laughs> in my own mini gherkin juice. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so it, it's... Um, I get yeah, I get more refined taste as I get older, mm. and I'm I'm less willing to spend good money on bad th- bad things. Yes, I mean, ain't that the truth? You start to really focus what you spend your money on <laughs> as you get older. That is so true for yourself as well. I'm like, no, I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking the good stuff. I'm having it. I'm having the good stuff. You've got a kid who's you know twenty plus years old. You've spent two decades of having to be selfless. So now is your time. 
Um, I um, you can see why all the kind of like revolutionary movements were started by perimenopausal and menopausal <laughs> women, right? Like Green and Common, Votes for Women, all that sort of stuff. Because that they they're like that, right? I've looked after people now for a long time. I'm looking after myself and others. You know, I'm, I'm causing revolution. This is what I'm doing. There's an argument that. Uh, and I would never reveal what's going on in my personal life or indeed the personal life of anyone in my house. But certainly I'm familiar with the perimenopausal With the depleting process. estrogen. Yeah. And also my drag name. The- <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Boxall Tavern this Friday. There is an argument that the perimenopausal thing when women go, yeah, okay, right, uh, can I, sorry, do you mind if I have yeah. a... Okay, me that, now. I think that serves a purpose because a lot of people say there's this sort of suggestion that, well, actually that's just women, uh, you know, once... They are, biologically speaking, you finished your, your um, breeding. Yeah, yeah. And biology now goes, don't need you anymore, women, because yeah. you made more kids, right? There's an argument that actually perimenopausal women who do all the things and have the time yeah. and the anger, yeah. that serves a very And we're not purpose. drunk anymore on estrogen, right? So we don't mm. care. We're not trying to get people to breed with us. We haven't got anyone to impress. Yes, it's like men. I th- I would love to be uncoupled from my testicles in my mid-40s. Just put those away. And sure, I that can be arranged. Just, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll do a Kickstarter. <laughs> well, how did we get onto that? I don't know, Kate. It's gonna, this is going to be the story of the whole podcast. Go on. From cocktails to Tom's bollocks. So, yes, this is pre-ordination. You were asking about where I was That's in my story. That's what it was. Thank you. Um, so, um, at this stage, what was I doing? I was teaching. I was a secondary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was teaching in a really rough comp. That's probably why I was ordering cocktail books. Yeah. A really rough comp that, um, I mean, I absolutely loved it. Naughty Boys were my absolute favourite. I used to teach a lot. You never forget their names. I used to teach a lad called Ben Grocock. Oh. I, I wonder where he is now. Uh, and Ben Grocock's dad was kind of the local drug dealer on the estate. And I remember one lesson I was teaching Ben and the lads at the back went, Ben, your dad's on roof. And we looked out my classroom window and his dad had been raided by the coppers and he climbed out the bathroom roof and sat on the roof of the house for the rest of the school day while policemen just stood underneath and went, you're coming down or what? You're coming down or what? You're coming down or what? And um, eventually he did come down and he ended up having to do community service as the crossing patrol, (laughs) which was great fun. And he assaulted someone with the lollipop, I remember, in the end. What, when he was doing community service? Yeah, it... yeah. That was Ben Grocock's dad. That Robbie Bean once threw a chair at me. That was fun. Amazing. I mean, the, the thing about being the RE... I was an RE teacher. Yeah. And the thing about being the RE teacher is people's expectations were so low of how yes. good a lesson it was going to be. They would just go in. But then I had two RE teachers as a kid. I had the one who was like, right, we're going to read out bits of the Bible. But then I had the other, Reverend Hensher, sadly passed away. What a guy who would literally sit down and go... What's the biggest crime a person can commit? And we're all <laughs> oh, come on. 12 years old going, um, I don't know, sir, um, being in the same room as a woman. Uh, like, blowing our minds. And, and so so would you take the low expectations? Then? I would take, so I would do things like if we were doing baptism, I would mm. bring a real baby in and christen the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Spend the whole day christening this baby. That's amazing, what an image. There's you with a real baby in the classroom. The one, of dads, baby. one of their dads is on the roof. He's watching you see what she's doing in there? Being a teacher was absolutely mad. And it was in the days where uh, Ari was pre-Ofsted, so we got away with all sorts of things that we would never get away with now. What like? Like, um, I hid in a cardboard box for a whole lesson once and taught from inside a cardboard box. I don't know what the point was. It will have had a point, <laughs> but I just thought that's what... I should... And then we used to do the thing where 
you know, like they do in um, factories where they send you for a long stand and stripe. Yes, and stuff. yes. We used to do that, but with notes. So we'd give Robbie Bean or Ben Grocock a note mm. that said, please keep this child busy. Yes. And you'd just send them to the next classroom. And then they'd take it out and look at it and go, mm, yes, yes, please take this to Mr. Jones in whatever classroom. And you'd just get the kid out of the room so you could teach the rest of the class. Oh, my God, We used to do stuff like that all the time. That is amazing. And, of course, I was pregnant as well at this point, so I was obsessed by birth. Yeah. So I remember showing the kids lots of birth videos. Oh, my word. Um, which I think probably traumatised them. But, I, you know, I was talking about, like, life beginning and, yeah. you know, how do we mark those big moments in our in our lives. And Here's stuff. someone crowning. Here's a baby. This well, is what I, I'm about to go through. But, right. But I remember it very clearly when I first watched that video as a kid, and it is defining and makes you go well I'm never having kids this is terrifying even as a boy I was like oh my god and I used to teach sex education as well as because the RE teacher like sort of picks up all sorts of various bits of jobs yeah um so I taught sex education for a little while as well and that was a lot of fun we used to have a box at the front of the classroom where the kids could put notes in and ask any questions oh. that they wanted to if they yeah. were too embarrassed to ask them yeah and we just used to take them to the staff room and laugh <laughs> Look at this one. Who do you think wrote that? The confidence. Who do you think wrote that? That is fantastic. That is the best possible thing to do on your lunch break. That's like the weirdest game of charades ever. Filthy charades. Can you eat a condom? (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant. Who's that? That's got to be Grocock. It's classic Grocock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it burning or is it itching? (laughs) What does it mean if it's burning? It's amazing how innocently they ask the questions. My son's uh, 10 and he's doing uh, RE at the moment. Not RE. Um, What's it called? Sex education now. It's PHSE. P- yeah, there you go. That'll do. Um, and he uh, said to me the other day, as we were walking home, uh, "Daddy, can you eat your own semen?" <laughs> I mean, well, I, uh, so, but you we're have, not kink shaming anyone, right? <laughs> so you have to. But this is the thing. So we're trying to be as absolutely straight down the line. Yes, of course. Yes, can, darling. What are you going to talking about? What are you going to have for tea? You just crack on. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because um, we're right on parents. We can have these kind of conversations with our kids. But part of you is still giggling. Part of you stood in a corner going... Because <laughs> inside we're all 10 years old. And then you ph- I'm presuming you phone your partner, you phone your wife and go, you'll never guess what he said. Or like, you know. This is the thing, right? Kids, if you're listening to this podcast and you shouldn't be, any kids listen to this, this is not for kids. But they need to tune into the fact that if they say something and I instantly pull my phone out as soon as they You're said definitely it. texting the other half. That is the sign. Uh, let's skip on ahead 2002 now. 7th of January, the only time you use Amazon in the whole year. No. 7th of January, that's it. See, that's Nothing what I'm else. aiming for now. And we all are on that journey, I think. We're, We're all, all on that journey, right? You bought uh, Greatest Hits of Volume 2 of Madonna. Did I? Yeah. And you bought Swing When You're Winning. Oh, no. Robbie Williams. When Robbie Williams decided he was in the Rat Pack. Robbie went to Rat Pack. And you know what? I could tell you the story of that. Yes. I could tell you the story of Robbie Williams and that. <laughs> and it's not, it's not great. So Graham plays the violin. My husband plays the violin. Yeah. And that particular night, so I've got a one-year-old by this time, mm-hmm. um, we're starting to think about maybe having more children, but basically I'm at home with a one-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, with sick down your jumper and feeling very unglamorous. My, my The stretch marks in places they were never used to be. Mm. Things have changed, all that. I'm feeling the least sexy in my life. Mm. Graham plays the violin. He goes out to play in a concert that night in his tuxedo. Right, and is that a thing? Is that that's... So his tuxedo, and he leaves the house. I'll be back later, darling. I'm playing in a concert. I'll be back late. So I put the baby to bed. I sit down and I watch Robbie Williams swinging while you're winning. Yeah. The concert that he did on telly. Yes, in his tux with the whole band in their tux with the whole sultry, sultry, sultry. I've just had a glimpse of where this might so be going. Graham yeah. comes in <laughs> from the night out with his violin, with his with his 
bow tie just loose around his neck. <laughs> like, like, right, like they do. That's the thing they do. That means open for business. And I'm sat there in my, you know, elasticated waist pyjamas, you know, with, I think I was probably still breastfeeding at this point, yeah. just feeling wretched. And Graham walks in with his tux on. I've been watching Robbie Williams singing with his tux on. I'm a little bit, I, I'll be honest, Robbie Williams isn't my bag these days, mm-hmm. but obviously he was that night. And I just went, Graham went, hi, I'm home. I went, don't talk, you'll spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything. You'll spoil it. Just go upstairs. I'll be there in two minutes. And he went, okay. I'm, I'm grabbing back my yeah. my femininity and my yeah. eroticism as a woman. Why Robbie, and I'm using Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. That, he is going to be the walking stick I use to get back to normal. Wow. I just remember him walking through the door and be going, don't say anything, you'll spoil it. One day, Graham's going to meet Robbie Williams and just say, thank you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Great Thanks a lot. I think a lot of blokes <laughs> want to say that to uh, James Blunt. Thanks, dude. Great album. Sometimes you got to spice up your life in the bedroom. How about you go online and buy a sexy costume? Loving at this age just not to be doom and gloom. Oh, it's time you felt so fine. You buy a sexy costume. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I love this, by the way. In uh, January uh, 2003 and in July 2003, right? So stay with me for this. Stephen Botley has got from you uh, Come Away With Me by Nora Jones and The Rush of Blood to the Head by Copeland. Two lovely albums. And then maybe this is Stephen's birthday or something. I don't know. July 2003, Hannah Gregory. She gets Come Away With Me by Nora Jones and The Rush of Blood to the Head. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Oh, I'm sorry. This this tells you everything you need to know about a new mum. Yeah. I'm lacking imagination. Yeah. Yeah, just have that. They liked it. Graham's brother liked the album. My cousin will like the album. That's Mm -hmm. what's happened there. And then some dick invented Spotify and we can't buy CDs anymore. We can't do it anymore. That's all I had. Just going, here's a CD, here's an album. I have no... This this shows you what stage I was at because I would never do that now by double double up presents for people. Lack the imagination. I would try and tailor the present to the person. But obviously, I got a lot on there. How was your spiritual life at this point when you've got the young kids and you are... I said, oh, God and Jesus Christ, a lot. Okay. Let's put it that way. And he heard you. They heard she you. She did, yes. They, she did. They did. 
all of them. And uh, but, but did you have an epiphany? Was there a moment? What in terms of vocation? Y- yeah, and was it? Because I, yeah. I would say, I would say, in the middle of the night when I've not slept for hours, <laughs> I'm very open for religious. So I, I gave up. I gave up full time work to have the kids. Yeah. Was what happened, and um, I just had that thing of when you you've got two little kids. They were both, you know, one was four, one was two. Yeah. Um, and you start going, okay, what's my point then? What's what? What's what is it? What is it for me? What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had this kind of feeling that I should be doing something. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about vocation and being called to priesthood is, if any, it's a bit like being a prime minister. If anybody ever says they want to do it, they probably shouldn't. Um, it, and so you don't go. I want to be a. I want to be a vicar. That's not what happens. Okay. What happens is your community that you are in. So the church we were going to yeah. start going. Oh, could you go up the front and do the notices? Or could you go up the front and do the Bible reading? Or could you go up the front and do this, 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 and this? I see. And then all of a sudden, what happens is before you realise it, you kind of like then people start sidling up to you and going, "Have you thought about ordination? Because you'd be really good at that." Okay. And enough people say it to you, or this is what happened for me. Enough people said it to me that I thought I better take that seriously. Mm. You'd be really good at that. Right. You know, um, and I started doing things like, you know, at family weddings, I would do the prayers or I would help organise the service. Yeah. And all of a sudden it started to be that it kind of just evolved and grew. And I did that thing where I just thought, I'll go and see how far this gets. Yeah. Peer pressure. Prayer pressure. Prayer pressure. Oh, that's, oh. that's a, someone write that down. That was good. Have it. Free of charge. Have it. Thanks, babe. Um, so... I just went to, I mean, and the process is arduous. So you go away and you see what's called vocations advisors. They interview you. And so hang on, vocations advisors, they're from the church. From the diocese, yeah, from the area. So I'm imagining men in black at this point. They turn up. Mine was a woman and she was, um, and she just sits you down and goes, so what makes you you think you can be a vicar then? Is there a wrong answer at this stage? Well, that's it, you see. You don't know because Mm. you don't really know what they're asking for. Yeah. Um, And so I just talked about how, you know, I wanted to serve and how I loved people and I was passionate about my faith and all that kind of stuff. And and then so they talk to you for a bit and then they pass you on to the next little group of people and then they talk to you for a bit. Um, and then and then this goes on. This can go on for years where they just pass you around people to talk clever people, wise people, yes. learned people mm-hmm. who are discern. It's called the discernment process. Wow. And they discern whether you've got this vocation. Okay. And I remember and at this stage, do you know people who get who are in this? Oh process? yeah, and people drop out. And people people drop out. People are in it for ten years. I was in it for about a year, right. and um, eventually they send you away. So people start writing reports on you and filling in forms about you. Mm. And eventually the bishop will go, right, you've been through this enough. Let's send you to the national kind of level. Finals. It's like X Factor (laughs) judges' houses. I kid you not. They send you to a country house in the middle of nowhere. This like church-owned country house and with other potential vicar wannabes. Oh my days. This is a... What a format. It's incredible, right? Why isn't this a format? Why is this not a reality TV show? Then what they do is they... You have to do like a presentation. You have to write a pastoral letter. You have to... um, you have to be interviewed by loads of different people. They watch you have your breakfast. They watch you the whole time to see how you interact with people. I see. Okay. They do psychosymmetric testing on you right. to make sure you're not going to climb to the top of the church tower this one day with does... a shotgun. <laughs> this doesn't sound... I said, and also with you, cha-chung. 
you know, all that kind of stuff. It's fine. You can do community service if that happens. Um, <laughs> this is all, I mean, not at all sounding like a cult. Not at all <laughs> not sounding at all. terrifying. I mean, it is if one the process is still like this, yeah, this yeah. sounds arcane. And, and at no point is there a guarantee that you're going to be ordained. Yeah. Then they send you to theological college for two years. That's what happened for me. Things are, things do change. You know, some people do reside, uh, non-residential now. Mm. So, and then, and until the bishop puts their hand on your head at the service, they could say no at any point. Wow. So we moved, lock, stop, we moved two kids. Graham yeah. gave up his job. We moved to Theological College in Nottingham, miles away from home. Right. I studied. And all through this process, there's yeah. a chance it might not come to anything. So the pressure on you must have been immense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And still is, you know, still is the kind it's of... It's going okay. It's going on. It's doing all, all right, right, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, listen, it's it's a work in progress. I think, I think I'm doing all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, but that's the other thing is when I did get ordained, you know, and people said, oh, what what do you think your ministry's going to like? What do you think I'll end up doing? Mm. I want job in vicar, you know, job in mm. weddings, Christmas funerals, Sunday services, visiting old people. Journey woman vicar. Just do, get me just out there. Just jobbing. Just yeah. jobbing vicar. And then, um, and then it, it took an an unexpected path but when people said oh, you know did, did when you first ordained did you ever expect yourself to be doing radio 2 and telly and all that no I didn't but I didn't think it would be straightforward either mm. you know yes. I, I, I you knew expected there'd be a there'd curveball be, there'd be a you know, like when you're watching a movie you think there's a twist coming in <laughs> I expected there'd be a twist yeah 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 yeah. yeah. have you had that all your life this sense of this is going to be fun something weird's going to happen things pop up well I've got a terrible atten- I've got the attention span of a toddler mm. so I I don't stay in things very long, you know. The longest I ever stayed in a job until I was ordained was three years. Interesting. So I move on quite quickly. Yes. Um, and I, I just always wonder what's next. I'm always like, right, what's next? What's yeah. the next thing? But that's why this is a great job, right? Because when you're with people, you know, especially in the nature of what you do, people are rebooting constantly. The next constantly. person comes in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's absolutely true. And you know, doing the media stuff because now I'm, I'm, I'm like a supply vicar these days. <laughs> Is the best way to describe it. <laughs> so I'm not paid by the church. I don't have a church of my own. I, I cover for colleagues that are often ill. Right. I don't have a vic- I don't live in a vicarage. I'm like, yeah, I'm a supply. I'm voluntary. I'm like a special policeman, but a special vicar kind of thing. Does like a signal go up in the sky? <laughs> a bat signal. They a need me. Signal. Yeah, the botley signal's up. I've got to get to Liverpool by 9am. <laughs> Quick. It's just in my patch. But certainly right. what happens is, you know, a funeral director will phone me and go, oh, so-and-so can't do this funeral. Can you cover for him? Yeah, of course I can. Mm. So I'll go and visit the family who then proceed to spend the whole of the visit going, where do we know you from? Oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. That is great. Where do we know you from? <laughs> and, I got, I do, and I don't want to go, well, actually, I'm on the television. So, so I just don't say anything. Um, and then you can suddenly see halfway through the creme service. <gasps> they can look at the penny drop. They go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can we have a selfie? That's an awkward selfie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you want the corpse in the... No, thanks. No, no. We're all right for that. It, it has... It has Shall we finish this off first? Shall oh, we do wow. this bit of the job? Yeah. And then let's I'll come to the wake for a cup of tea and you we'll take one then. Do all that then. Amazing. We're in 2005 there, by the way, on your Amazon purchase history. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's right? what we're talking about. Yeah, don't, there is, is there a threadworm medicine in there or Not something? yet. We'll get to threadworm, <laughs> but thanks for flagging that up for me. Uh, best worship songs ever. Oh, my how, goodness, how that's so cringy. That? Absolute, the best of God. And and guess when you bought it. What date do you think you've bought, Reverend Kate Botley, the best worship songs ever? Was it Christmas? 25th of December 2005. <laughs> on Christmas Day afternoon. On Christmas That's Day. That's what I decided On Christmas to Day, do. you thought, do you know what I'd like to buy? I'd like to buy the I, best one. Do you know what I'd ever. like? On Jesus' birthday, a bit more religion. And that's a bit like me getting into tennis when Wimbledon's on. Do you know it what I mean? It's very much like that. Christmas is here. I love Christ. It really <laughs> reminds smashing, me. He's smashing, isn't he? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's volume best one. Best by his best. <laughs> best of. That's really funny. Um, volume one. We're still waiting for volume two, I guess. But then, you know, Christians, you're good at that. That's fine. <laughs> Keep waiting. Five times you've bought this book. I haven't. Have yes, I? five times. This is me trying to be more religious so okay. that I can pass the tests. So you're upping the religious I'm, ante. I'm upping. I'm, I'm yeah. obviously having a bit of a spiritual kind of like, you know, yeah. get plugged in. Yeah. Get plugged into the uh, Jesus thing. And was the ordnance committee watching you while you were on Amazon? Were they doing a little My Mate Bought a Toaster back in the day? Going, What's she doing? Is she, she buying enough religious Graham, content? I'm going to buy... me, I'm ever so holy. I'm going to buy the best worship songs ever again. <laughs> She's done very well. We've looked through her Amazon account. you got bangers. you got Take Us to the River. Lord, let your glory fall. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful saint. See, my, ki- my daughter has these now on an ironic playlist in her Spotify account. They're good tunes, man. And are your kids religious? Are you happy to talk about um, that? Is yeah, that their I'm happy to talk about that. They've recently, very interestingly, mm. exper- both of them have experienced a bit of a revisit to their faith. So they're not, okay. they're, you know, they're not. Um, then I was very happy, clappy back then. Mm. I'm not so much now. I've, I've, I'm a bit more mellow these less days. Less religious than you I'm used to be. Not less religious. I'm not less religious. I'm just a little bit less blinkered. I would argue. Interesting. I'm less evangelical. I'm more inclusive now. You see, talking- I'm the same with my atheism. I was a horribly atheist. Yeah. Back in, back in the day, Pete Dawkins. Yeah. And now I'm so much more chilled about so it. So much more chilled about yeah. it. So much more. You know that back then. I was still, you know, I'm a new mum trying to figure out who I am, trying to figure out identity, going through these massive stuff in my life. And the thing that an, a conservative, relatively conservative evangelical pathway gives you, gives you certainty. Mm. Gives you blacks and white, you know, it gives you in and out. Mm. It gives you a very straightforward view that is is easy to digest. Yes. Whereas actually I'm much more nuanced in my spirituality these days. It's yes. much it's much more fluid. It's much more kind of, well, I don't know, yes. you know. Yes. So that's you interesting, isn't it? To keep probing at it and, and exploring it and digging it up, right, and going over it. Otherwise it just becomes set in stone. And but then... you were asking about the kids. Yeah. And back then, you know, we were doing the whole... You know, we were taking them to kind of Christian holidays and camps and yeah. we were praying with them every night. And mm. one of my biggest fears was that my kids would grow up and they wouldn't believe. I remember thinking, wouldn't that be terrible if you had kids that didn't believe? Now I'm much more relaxed about that. And actually what's happened is they've come back to their faith. There you go. Which is really interesting. Yes. So, for example, Ruby had a, a Tinder date the other day who told her that he hated organised religion. And she went, well, then I'm out. Mm, that's You've it. You've got to at least be sympathetic to it. Yeah. You don't. You can say I struggle with it or I find it difficult or that's really interesting, let's talk more, more about it. But the minute he went, I, I hate organised religion, she went, well, there's no future for us then. I'd be out for so many reasons. I hate organised religion because, it, not, not actually because of the sentiment, just because it's such a fatuous thing to say, like... That's such a kind of first thought sitting around it. No, I hate organised religion. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you mean what by do that? What do you mean? What? Do you, what? Do, you, do you mean that you hate people with power controlling people? Yes, of course, we all hate that. Mm. But but let's unpick religion. Let's unpick food banks and, you mm. know, and community care and visiting and hospitals and hospices and all those. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, silly boy. <laughs> Tell you what, mate. Lucky escape because she would not have been a good mother-in-law. But it's it really interesting to me that they've both revisited their faith at yeah. eighteen and twenty-one. That's Fascinating. Great. It's like me with golf. It's very much the same. Very much pushed. And on also me as begins a kid. with a G and an O. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the true purpose of life. <laughs> and I really came back to it. It's the same sort of thing. What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my mate bought a toaster.
Let's skip on ahead. Uh, 2008. Uh, oh, yeah. Bop It Extreme. 7th oh, come of November. On. I love Bop It. I love Bop It. I love Bop It because it gets you in the moment. If you've never played Bop It, by the way, guys, it's the game where Bop It, squeeze it, twist it, and you pull it. To pull it, there you go. And you have to do it super quick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is uh, the one we've got is um, one of the characters from Star Wars. Is it R2D2? R2 we've got yeah. that one. He twists his head. You know, oh, yeah, you have exp- I can't do this. And it's C3PO is the voice on yes. it. Yes. And it's R2D2. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that. you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got that one as well. Yeah, my, my, you are very tired. And it's only a little bit. It's, you can actually fit it in a bag if you need to take it somewhere with you. But the kids played Bop It at a very young age. And it was one of the first things with the kids where I was like, actually, I do want to hang out with you and we'll just play Bop It together. Because it's... it puts me in the moment, which I like. I like the adrenaline as it gets faster and faster and faster. Yes. And I like giving it to my mum and dad who are a lot older and their reaction times are slower so I can beat them. Because <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm competitive. It's just that I'm a really bad loser. <laughs> I just really like winning. Really like winning. That's really interesting. Really um, like winning. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I don't play games. No. I, don't, I, I mean, I sound like Gemma Collins there. I didn't think uh, I'm here to play games. <laughs> I'll use that. I didn't as the come clip. here. That'll be the clip at the beginning to of the episode. Play games. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah. So we we do ha- we do play board, and you'll see on the Amazon history that we buy board games. But I'm I don't play them. You are you. You're I'm a not... board flipper. Wow. That is extraordinary. You'll just flip the whole thing yeah, and walk off. Yeah, and I off. cheat. I would cheat. I would. If I can get, oh, if you don't catch me cheating, that's on you. So you should. So never leave the bank. Never leave with, anything with your monopoly. Never leave anything. I I am that person that puts two cards down at Uno and puts one underneath the other, so you can't see that I've put two cards down. I will cheat. Did you have any siblings? Yeah, older, four years yeah, older, yeah, brother. That's the answer to that. Fine. I have to win. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Sibling, why psychologists never go in that? Forget about, you know, fancying your mum and all that, Freud. <laughs> Have you got any siblings? That explains everything. Four years older, boy. I had to play rugby. I had to play cricket. I had to, like, my brother was like, I haven't got a brother, right? You're going to learn how to bowl. You're going to learn how to bat. You're going to learn how to throw a rugby ball. It's formative. It shapes you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is it. And then you hang out with his mates as well. So you... I didn't I didn't know that I actually had any feeling in this arm from dead arm so much. <laughs> I mean, punched on that arm. Oh, my God. As you said dead arm. <laughs> Did your arm go dead? No, pure muscle memory. I've done this with my fist. I've gone into my dead arm when you, you the middle knuckle just pokes out a little bit just to make that dead arm effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave my son his first dead arm the other day. Proud moment. <laughs> I like doing that one where you hold, them, hold their hand and crunch their knuckles together. <laughs> Did you ever do that one? Save it for the parental discipline <laughs> podcasts, Kate. My dad used to do it when I was little. He used to hold my hand and then just like rub my knuckles. Ah, dad, dad, ah, dad. dad. And I, I still do that to kids, hold their hands and rub their knuckles together. That is just... It's, it's terrible. So much fun. 21-year-old we still screaming at you. I don't know how we've got from Bop It to that. Um, all right, good. Let's move on now, uh, Reverend Kate Botley. Uh, we've got the Vicar of Dibley, of course, which is where you got the idea to get into God, obviously. obviously. Uh, you are Richard I mean, the Curtis. comparison's very lazy, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> How often do you hear it? So often. People mm. people stop me and they go, do you know who you remind oh, me very of? Good, very and good, I go, yes. I don't know, Claudia Schiffer. You know, and uh, they just think it's the first. And when they say, oh, that Vicar of Dimbleby, because they never quite get it right. <laughs> Vicar of Dimbleby. They never quite Amazing. get it right. Oh, like, like, like like when they go, Google Box, you used to be on Google Box. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, Vicar of Dimbleby. And I go, um, I go, you know, that's the first time anyone's ever said that. And they go, Really? <laughs> There's a lot of of repetition in your life. There's a lot of repetition. Because you're talking about having to do your services with, you know, every time like it's the first time you're doing it. And also your interaction with people. Not only have you got the, the sort of pressure, if you like, of being a celebrity... You know, I that's some people love that. I think you love that. But also, you've got the vicar thing where you've got to be fucking nice. So sometimes with the dog collar on thing, you know, yeah. you, you'll be sat, 
you'll be sat somewhere and you forget you've got it on. And sometimes I forget that I've got a face that people recognise as well. Yeah. And I forget my manners. Your face is a dog collar, Kate. A face and a dog collar. Face like a dog collar. And then, of course, what I end up doing is I end up saying something or behaving in a certain way and then go, shh. Yes. And then I have to like click back into Vicar mode. So do you have snappy moments with people? Of course I do. I'm human. Yeah, of course. But then do you have the fear of, because I always wonder about All this. the time. If I got caught in a row, like Jamie Carragher, obviously what he did was horrific. Years ago, he spat at someone's car. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. disgusting. But if I ever got caught in an incident like that, I am fundamentally not famous. But you do think, what if someone went Magic's Tom Price? Oh, all the time. Right. And how much fun would it be to trip me up? You know, mm, how it mm. might have... It's the reason that I turned down I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Because yeah. you can only keep it up for about 12 hours yes. before you actually then... You know, and it'd be no surprise to anybody who loves me that I have a short temper occasionally yeah. and that I swear like a sailor and that, I, you know, I am a normal person. Yeah. This is not a surprise to anybody that knows me and loves me. Yeah. But people are like, you, you know... I, I mean, down to things like, you know, if I've got high heels on or a, or I'm out in a, I was out in a pub at the weekend and I had, um, I had a dress on that made the best of me, shall we say? Excellent. Yes. <laughs> and someone came up to me and went, "You're that vicar off the telly. Are you allowed to dress like that?" Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, that is, <laughs> which just like, struck me as just ridiculous. But, but this is a really fascinating seam, isn't it, in terms of uh, femininity and God, right? Yeah, yeah. Femininity in yeah, your role yeah. as, as a, yeah. as a. Vicar, you know, and, that is... and, and you know, me, get, me and Richard Coles cannot sit in a room together <laughs> because we're completely awful together. The language, the conversation, yeah. that it's, it's you, honestly, it'd make a sailor blush. Richard Coles came on this podcast a while ago, and the things he said about you were wonderful, including you must get her on the podcast. So, Richard, I did it, it took me a while, <laughs> but it, well, I had to cut it out because it was utter filth, and I was like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Why isn't there an explicit podcast with those two on? That would be amazing. Because we never work again. But it's really interesting, though, that, you know, that ele- element of femininity, if a, if, a male, if a famous male vicar, Reverend Coles, is seen out dressed up in a tux looking masculine, no one's going to say, oh, you look a bit just, like James just, Bond. Let's just break that sentence down. Richard Coles looking masculine. Yeah, right, okay, fine. That wasn't helpful. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? If if a male... <laughs> that doesn't really go, does it? But yes, I have a, like... I have a friend who's an army chaplain who's right. ripped... Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? No one's a, saying he, it to him. He's a vilf. No one's saying it to him. Vilf. Ah! Right? <laughs> that's so good. But you're not allowed to be a vilf. No, that's not allowed to be a vilf. People will... And that's not that's not fair or true. And right? the, the, the perverts, the kink, the cassock chasers, mm. as we call them in the business, are a very strange breed that slide into your DMs and the wow. things they describe about what's underneath your cassock and what's underneath your chasuble and it's just a whole different breed and they and they they chase the boy priests as well mm-hmm. and the girl priests so what we have is we call them cassock chasers and they will specifically come to church just because of the priest that's there and so you know when fleabag did hot priest none of us we were like yeah that happens that's a thing cool, it's a thing it's and and you know, you, these days, with it being social media, you know, they slide into your DMs. Wow. Great service today, Kate. Ooh. I had a foot fetishist a little while ago <laughs> called Foot... We nicknamed him Foot Fetishist Freddy, um, who wanted pictures of my feet in tights with my cassock and surplus on. So, I mean, robes, but with, ne- but with ne- feet, with stocking feet. Wow. I mean, he offered a lot of well, money. Well, I'm going to say, and right. I didn't do it. Mm. I have to tell you, I didn't do it. This is amazing. But he offered a lot of money. Is there an OnlyFans vicar scenario? <laughs> I'm sure there is. There's probably a business I'm not model doing there. It. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, if the whole work thing dries up, who knows? Never say never. Freddie, if you're listening, no, she doesn't mean that. Stop it. Um, That is utterly extraordinary. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That is a known... So so what happens when they're on a Sunday sitting at the front and they're sort of unblinkingly staring at you and you as a vicar, as a person of faith, you have to go and talk, you know... Well, you have your... I mean, as a woman, you know, we already have our red flags up. You know, we already know about being careful and making sure that you don't you don't post social media until you've left the place where you are and yeah. you know you're sensible about getting in the car and but what I mean is when you are so say you're not the celebrity Vicar you're right, in a normal jobbing. Vicar yeah, jobbing yeah, yeah. and you've got these people who turn up every week you do all that like, stuff still yeah but then these people turn up and they're like and you're like mm, this isn't right what I they're had doing I one here. guy that I had to phone our local PCSO on right. and I just had to say this guy's been really weird he's turned up at church being really weird and she yeah. went what do you want me to do and I said there's nothing you can do it's a public place he's entitled to come to church I'm just not standing next to him at coffee and if I go missing that's his freezer you should look in first you know and you know <laughs> it's funny we make a joke of it because that's how we handle it right uh, yeah of course but there's a really serious element you know yeah, as, as clergy you're going into people's homes you don't necessarily know what's behind that door. Like social workers, like health visitors, like coppers. Yeah. You know, you don't know when you knock on that door what there is behind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't got anything pithy to say. No, you don't need to I'm, say anything I'm pithy. disarmed when I can't say pithy things. I just have to go, yeah, that's... <laughs> it's weird. Mm. Um, but the, but but there's also another another level of cassock chasers, which are the old ladies, the grey-haired ladies, <laughs> yeah. who are just like the nice young man. <laughs> Oh, he's a nice young man, isn't he? Isn't he a nice young man? That- oh, nice. And they like him to come and visit so they can drink tea and cake with him and mother him a bit. Yeah, I love that. You know, do that whole kind of fussing over him. And who does he like best? Flower arranging ladies, coffee ladies. <laughs> like, who does the priest like best? But that's nice because then sometimes, you know... That's very sweet. A priest can feel a bit like Robbie Williams with the bow tie undone. It's that's very nice. sweet. It's yes. ve- so there is a there's a, an innocent level to the sort of fandom. Yes. But there's obviously, as with always, there's light the and shade. Darker side to it. There's light and shade. Um, gosh, this is... As, as I knew it would be, utterly fascinating. And Kate, time is getting away from us. I'm so sorry. And we are only at 2009. 30th of November 2012. Kate, I wonder if we've got to the first thing where you're going to go, move on, I don't want to talk about that. We might have found it, guys. Forbidden flowers, more women's sexual fantasies. <laughs> Great book. <laughs> it's a great book. It's filthy. It's by Nancy Friday, real it's name. It's terrible. So I know exactly why I bought that book, right? Come on. Because I worked in a charity shop okay. at the time yeah. and someone had donated this book to the charity shop. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the charity shop was a church charity shop. So I pulled this book uh-huh. off the shelf and started reading it and it's filth. <laughs> it's absolute filth. Dog collar on at the time? Dog collar on at the time. Just so I'm reading this book, but it's hilarious. You know the kind of kind of it's pretending it's like erotic fantasy and it's like but actually it's just it's just porn really it's mm. just it's just porn okay <laughs> words. it's what it is with it's words wordy porn, it's guys. just wordy porn yeah it's just porn for people that want to think that they're cleverer than they are that's all it is <laughs> i like the actors in my head oh my goodness i just read i read playboy for the stories you know it's one of those kind of hideous things and it came into the charity shop and i started reading it and just found it hilarious excellent right Obviously, mildly, mildly saucy. Let's say it did I'm, its job. Mm-hmm. And I just, sure. and and the lady who worked in the charity shop was more of a traditional Christian than I am. And mm-hmm. she said, what are you reading? Okay. 
So I felt obliged to tell her because I thought it was hilarious that someone had donated this to the church charity shop. Yes. Okay. We used to get vibrators donated as well, which was hilarious. Well, right, okay. Sex to- and explaining mm-hmm. to old ladies what they were sometimes because yes. they didn't know what they were. Uh-huh. Brilliant. So Nancy Friday comes in. <laughs> I have to explain to this lady in the, the charity shop what it is. I read some to her. Yeah. She takes the book out of my hand, rips the pages <gasps> out no! and throws it away. Oh, my word. We're not having that in here. Wow. That's disgusting. Rips it all out, yeah. throws it away. So I think I'm buying that. <laughs> Nancy Friday's having my money. That's what's happening there. So I buy it. This is... Please tell me when you'd finished with it, you put it back in the charity shop just to reload. I don't know what I did with it. I think I probably passed it on to someone. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, The the reviews are excellent as well. A great read. Um, uh, No regrets. Great inspiration. This is from Don. Great inspiration for the future. Better understanding of my lady companion. Spur of the moment. Surprises and more <laughs> oh dear, Don's lady. I really know my Don, lady Don's, now. Don's lady companion comes with a puncture repair kit. Oh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it's a million copy bestseller, Nancy Friday, Forbidden Flowers, oh. endorsed by Reverend Kate Bottle. I would love it if your quote was on the front. This is pure filth. But I, my, my master's dissertation. Yeah. For vicar school was why are Christians so such prudes? That was the math. That was my master's dissertation, and it had a whole chapter on is it okay for vicars to use vibrators? Was a whole chapter of the dissertation. What's the TLDR? Upshot, yes or no? Uh, yes, as long as they're fair trade and the batteries are fully recyclable. Amazing. <laughs> That's so good because God hates landfill, but He loves you loving yourself. Yes. Oh, I love it. You see how things progress. The church is changing, guys. Oh, I was board. like, I was like oh, well, there's a reason they were called marital aids. Oh, there's a reason they were called marital They're supposed to help your marriage. Yes. That's what they're for. And famously, God loves them. It's lovely. Yes. Have a nice time. Oh. There's literally a bit in the marriage service where I say to brides and groom, have lots of lovely sex. It's in nicer words than that. It's in church language, but that's basically <laughs> what you're saying. Go and have lots of lovely sex. Have at it. Really have at it. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> But the problem with that is I'd just be out of the room in that second. Yeah, you don't you, quite say it like that. You do need to stay for the speeches. <laughs> oh. Listen, we're running out of time, so here's what so I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to skip to the end. Okay. All right, I'm going to skip to the end, and we're going to see where you are at at the moment. Uh, we have got uh, 19th of August. Uh, you got a uh, three-pieces cowboy banner, yeehaw banner. Ruby's 21st birthday, we had a rodeo party with a mechanical bull. And um, we all dressed up and that was, yeah, straw bales. Like, I love parties. Yeah. I'm crazy about fancy dress. I absolutely adore the stuff. So you, can see you bought the inflatable horse and cowboy fancy costume dress suit. I love it. I mean, that, that that was for Graham because yes. he, he, I did I do homemade fancy dress. I make my own. I don't buy it, but that was for him. What do you what did you dress as for this? Uh, I went as a cactus for Excellent. that, a cardboard cactus with little cocktail sticks. <laughs> Are you a hedgehog? <laughs> of course I did. I am a cactus. <laughs> of course hedgehog. I did. Wow. Dog collar on the cactus? Yeah. No, it was my daughter's <laughs> birthday party. But I have been I have been to things in fancy dress with, with the dog collar on. Um, I once went as a, a pineapple to a beach party. Uh, I went as um, on World Book Day. So now, I, my kids don't do World Book Day t- too old for it. Oh, so now I do World Book Day for strangers on the internet. So they message me and go, my child would like to go as, and I send them a costume. No. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm That's absolutely serious. Beautiful thing. All the parents, and let's be honest, it's I, always I don't mums. do loads of them. I do one a year. Uh, yeah, I do sure, one no. a year where one random stranger says, will you make my child's? And I make the costume and send it to them. 
Kate, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Because <laughs> I just love fancy dress. That's just the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. But all the mums listening, and it is always the mums who have to make the costumes for World Book Day, are going, right, I need Kate Botley on Twitter now. <laughs> Your DMs are going to be absolutely full, but it's not going to be about seeing things on feet. Um, wow, that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. And also, I love the way this episode seems to have spanned uh, the sort of the first 21 years of Ruby's life because we started yeah. in 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're buying, what was it, Cocktails and Simon Sharma looking back into the deep history yeah, yeah, yeah. of the country and now through Faith and your last 21 years of your life and your daughter, yeah. look, here we are. She's all grown up. And there's a massive, baby's all grown up. But it's you in a nutshell. It's a massive part. If Simon Sharma, right, if the, the emblem on his book for the last 2,000 years of British history were these stones in a beach, the emblem for the last 21 years of Kate Botley is a, a cowboy costume, yeah. right? Is a massive yeah, yeah, yeah. party. Yeah, it's such a great night. But that's you. That's what it is. And what was really sweet about that, and it, it was all I aimed for when I, when I became a mum, was I said to her, we'll go away for the weekend. We'll give you the house. Me and Dad and Arthur will go away for the weekend. You can have all your friends over. I'll just give you some money. You can do whatever you want. And she went, no, I want you there. No, you have achieved as a parent. I want you there. That's when you're like, oh, okay, I've And done I was it. like, but all your friends are coming. And she went, no, no, no. It's not a party without you there. Oh, and I was God. like, oh my God. I mean, we went to bed at a reasonable time. We left them to it. Mm. You know, we were, I tried to be the cool mom. I tried to, you know, but yeah. doing doing tequila shots with your <laughs> daughter and her mates on their 21st was a lot of fun. That's like life. You've smashed it. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun. You absolutely smashed it. I bet you stayed up later than all the kids as well. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on, Mummy. You're board. so Toaster. welcome. I'm closing the laptop. <gasps> Uh, promo bits and bobs you do the show with Jason on Radio 2 don't yeah. you on Sunday morning. Sunday morning Radio 2 Lovely. 6 till 9 and then uh, Steph's packed lunch on a Monday I'm usually there Excellent. and all sorts of other things that I pop up in places where I have no business being <laughs> that's right we love you that's what we you're like a friendly whack-a-mole we love it uh, Kay Botley thanks for coming on the show an absolute delight oh that was so good thank you that's it, guys. That is the end of this series of My Mate Bought a Toaster. But there's more. There's always more. Next year, I'll be back with a whole bunch of new people. Uh, and also, if you head over to patreon.com slash toasterpod, you can hear extra bits of this interview with Kate Bolly, uh, including some pretty strong fashion choices that she's made. I've got a Christmas jumper with that on, by the way. It's a Christmas jumper <laughs> with a nativity. And it says, spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> and possibly one of the most joyfully awkward moments that I've had on the podcast when... Well, this happened. I know, disgusting. Disgusting. I really want to see it. Oh, I shall show you. Do you want me to show you? I was really this, want to see your hairy back. Uncomfortingly. <laughs> do you want to intimate? do it in public? And you can find out how that moment concluded if you go to patreon.com slash toasterpod. There are videos up there as well. All of last week's uh, interview with the fabulous Fatia El Ghori, that is up there as well. Uh, and there is a video interview with a fabulous psychologist talking about why we shop and why we get what we get on Amazon. Uh, and there's all sorts of other stuff as well. Anyway, listen, that's it from me for this series. Thank you so much for all your lovely messages and your support of the podcast. It means the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you get a chance, uh, please give us a rating and a review because obviously that's super important. And uh, that's it. Have a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, see you in 2020. What is it? Is it 2023 next? Come on, that's ridiculous. It's my mate, toaster. Oh, it's my mate, toaster. Yeah, yeah. My mate, toaster. Oh, oh. Toaster for my love. Thank God, toaster. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.